following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers. As you can imagine, the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time. So, get involved. Grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy, the podcast. I think my favourite thing about this podcast so far since we started it is the the general kind of, we're getting to know people, we're genuinely getting to meet new people, whether that's wonderful guests that are coming in or whether that's like through social media and um, people are getting in touch a lot and I really appreciate that. So you'll remember before that someone got in touch and I read it out and it was it was great. You guys have also had a lot of Twitter interaction. I got a letter this week. A letter? A letter. <laughs> on the drunk therapy PO box that no one knows about other than me. Do you and, not know uh, where this is going? No, I, I don't know. Mm. I like hearing the feedback. We've Danny only ever had one letter before. From Timmy. The, the dog drowner, wasn't it? The, the yeah, puppy well, killer. Sadly. The, pu- the puppy puncher. Sadly, we've, we've Nazi never. Nazi puppy puncher. Well, sadly, we've puppy never. Puppy puncher sounds like a great fucking superhero, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, you better not world where puppies are evil. J- In James, world. James is stalling here because he knows where this is about to go. I'm literally so, uh, sweating and it's nothing to do with a 30 degree heat. We've, uh, we've had a letter and it wasn't from Timmy Jenkins because he's gone AWOL, sadly, since you gave up drinking, forcing me to go and kill puppies for a living. So, oh, uh, poor Timmy. This Fuck letter you. came in and it started, Dear presenters, my name is Jimmy Tenkins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a fucking good attempt at a new name. I mean, I mean yeah, I'm mean, i sure he's real, as you were. <laughs> right, let's go. My name is Jimmy Tenkins and I am a 54-year-old welder from the town of Warrington. A lot of people say bad things about the town of Warrington and let me tell you, those people can just fuck off and die. Because <laughs> he's proud of his town, Jimmy Tenkins. Anyway, I was delighted to see award-winning actress and comedian Rachel Jackson announce on Twitter she would be joining you for a recording on July 18th. Big deal, big deal for us. Given that this was the day after the episode titled Drunk James was released and his subsequent embarrassment from it, I felt excited that James would now be at his coherent, Paxman-esque, technically proficient best for this episode <laughs> with an established guest we are all excited to hear from you need to make this to, faster to, right? be fair, mate, to be fair listen to the Loki podcast I was so coherent and Paxman-esque well that was yeah. it and you're you, fucking yeah. sober yeah, don't drunk, even start me on that one drunk James you slid off the rails you know it got a bit slurry but we all thought that you would, you know you would fight back for when Rachel was in <laughs> uh, anyway uh as per Jimmy Tenkins, uh, I'd just like to know how that went and when we'll be here in the episode. I'm on tenterhooks, as is the whole town of Warrington, the first town in the UK to have an IKEA, which opened way back in 1987. We did buy a statue to commemorate this, but the instructions were too vague and I don't think it came with the right part, so we couldn't build it. That was a joke, unlike the technical excellence of this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you, unless you say bad things about Warrington. Who the, case, fuck fuck off. Off. Hey, who the fuck writes letters, eh? These are always Timmy old? Jenkins, Jimmy <laughs> Tenkins. It's so, all very over elaborate when this, so, uh, this. Is this real or is this a joke? No, this is was, Danny Sudden. It's a long winded <laughs> joke. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> a joke that should have ended half an hour ago. So, <laughs> <that's the joke. laughs> so, last, last week you were in, Rachel. I'm surprised to see you again, to be honest, because we recorded an, arguably the best podcast we've oh, ever done. Well, probably we had yep. Mind the Rock phoned in. We were talking to him. <laughs> we got all kinds of exclusives. So, when's that? Going out, James. What what happened? When when's that happening? I don't know, mate. Right. You, you recorded it. Oh, you recorded it. Aye, aye, aye. You recorded the whole thing. Of course. Did you save it? You know, because you know when you record it, you right, normally... fuck off. Right? <laughs> That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Rachel sitting in front of me, and I sent her a message like at fucking eleven o'clock at night, and then oh my god, the computers all just broke down on us. Adobe Edition went to shit. What happened, Rachel? Is <laughs> the drive was full of memory I deleted a couple of things and then I accidentally clicked delete all on every file on Adobe (laughs) without saving your episode 
See, and I went comes up on a screen and it says, "Are you sure you want to exit? Yes, no, or cancel?" Yeah. Would you ever hit yes in that situation? <sighs> I don't know if I was quite drunk. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. In James's defence. Aye, aye, and do you know what, man? It's like, do you know those times in your life where you can fucking see it going to slow motion? Yeah. I had both of them behind me as I clicked no, and they were both like, <laughs> no! And then I went so dark, I didn't speak to anyone, uh-huh. I just went, I'm not fucking, I'm deleting my WhatsApp, I'm just going offline. <laughs> I was like, WhatsApp. in my head, that was the best episode ever. This way, you have Aww. Rachel Jackson in, who... As Danny mentioned, as pals with The Rock. She's also a Herald award-winning comedian, actress yes. and comedian stand-up. So I, I basically, I got, I think I got a little bit too drunk last week, <laughs> too quickly. I've been working on the night shift and getting drunk's a formula. Yeah, generally, oh, yeah, you never know yeah. how much is too much or how little's too little. And I went straight in the spirits and fucked up what was a really good podcast. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you're making it sound bigger than ever. You just fucked it. Like, and we were sitting there going, "Mate, it's not the end of the world. No one died," and you were like, <sighs> "No, no, this is the difference." You were, you were really fucking playing it down. You're like, "Ah, do you know what? Let's just get her back in. We'll see what happens." Danny just went, "Right, I'm leaving. My train's next." <laughs> Didn't hear from him for about two days. It was like, "Fuck." I've got a video on my phone of 30 seconds of the darkest silence. <laughs> studio and James frantically clicks and in my head I'm like should tell him that he's fucked this up but I won't I'm just going to let the silence linger I um, I sat in for about another 10 minutes just because we were going to catch an Uber home together or a bus or whatever and he was just sitting there breathing heavily and I was like I might uh get out shortly and he's like Okay, just go, just go. And I was like, all right, man. I felt like he'd lost his best friend. He's a nam, he's a sniper, a shooter or whatever. Something's gone really bad and he's just in there of PTSD of the time he should have pressed. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But he went, hey, I'm fast and loose. Honestly, I got up at like 6am the next day and I was downstairs just getting ready. I was like, fuck it, I'm going into work. I'm going to get an engineer on the phone. I'm going to try and find this episode. My girlfriend's like that to me. Where are you going? I'm like, I need to go into work. I can't sleep. She's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I but, feel like a bit honoured. Like you, you did acting like The Rock was here. <laughs> like you deleted that. Here. <laughs> that was and yeah. James fucking didn't save it. He called yeah. in. He didn't actually yeah. come into the studio. It's like that's the last time I'm ever going to phone you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. So how are you doing since I'm the last good. time we I'm spoke good. to you last week? <laughs> well, I actually was so hungover the next morning. I had to get up early, and I didn't try your ridiculous <laughs> advice. But so you gave a hangover cure, didn't yeah, you? Which was, was like, fucking stupid. Yeah, you know you're like, like I'd rather just be hungover. <laughs> no, 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 let me just say it one more time because people, honestly, will need this and this will help people, right? <laughs> All so, right, can I hear this again? <laughs> so when you, you, you get to bed and you, the room's a bit spinny, get up, drink five pints of water. Five pints of water like, and have two paracetamol. No, 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 I'm interrupting. Even when you're in a normal situation where you're feeling fit and fucking healthy, no one's drinking five pints of water in their own, mate. It's tricky. Um, so you do that, you pee. That's important. Pee. Go to bed, set an alarm. Say you want to wake up. Say it's midnight, you want to wake up at eight in the morning. Set your alarm for four. Do the same thing. So take a shit, um, have two more Panadol, and then just neck fucking water until it hurts and waking up at half time is good because it means you don't piss yourself when you're drunk half time half time so whenever (laughs) like if you wanted to wake up at eight set it at four so it protects you from pissing yourself and looking like a fucking idiot and it also lets you hydrate more then when you wake up do the same and honestly you'll be fucking you'll be like jesus what the fuck has happened i feel normal i feel i know it's admin i know it's a pain in the ass but you know when you get those fucking hangovers where you're riddled with the fear you're like 
getting up out of bed is like the hardest yes, thing mate, in the last world. Friday morning. After <laughs> <laughs> I deleted the greatest podcast episode ever. Exactly. You should have just nicked water and maybe fucking the podcast would have magically come back again. Um, if, if Danny would have just sent me a few love hearts and WhatsApp and say, I'll be okay, mate. That's all I needed. I'm pretty sure that hangover cure is the reason guys like Jimi Hendrix never woke up for like, one night at 27 years old. <laughs> he had a bathtub though, didn't he? Didn't he have a bathtub? Or was yeah. it? That was Jim Morrison Jim who died Morrison. in Paris in a bath. He at, fucked it. As he well went, as you know Houston. What? I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a whole bath of water. That'll fix it. Don't do that. Just five pints. I'm like yeah. the voice of like hangover reason. Like honestly, hydration is key. You're glad to be back. I'm anyway, here. I'm Rachel. back with my free vodka and orange, my favourite drink. So. That's it. We just want to play someone with vodka and get get them in. Get here some every... stories, man. So uh, we're going to revisit some of the topics, All obviously, right. because I think people will be interested in listening to them as we will last week. Tell us about The Rock, man. That, that was a huge moment. You went viral <laughs> recently yeah, because went The Rock viral. was like, you're my best mate. I'm going to I know, it was crazy. talk to you every day. It was like, geez, peace, man. Like, after like <laughs> <laughs> three tweets for The Rock, like... Um, aye, so basically what happened was I'd done a, like my stand-up television debut a few months ago uh, and then that came on TV a few weeks ago and basically, I didn't even tell you this last week because this is world exclusive, Just. BBC Scotland didn't actually put out my tweet. Like they were tweeting other comedians like what they thought was maybe their best clips or whatever from the show and they didn't put mine out and I was like, you are missing a trick because like The Rock's quite big on Twitter. Well, I mean like he's active on Twitter, obviously he's big on Twitter um, <laughs> but he's like quite active on it. I was like, if he could see that someone was like dying to know and it was like a bit, I'm sure he'd respond. So I DM'd BBC Scotland saying you should put my clip up and yeah. you know, you never know. And they were like, oh, okay. So <laughs> you were doing their job for I them? I was doing their job for them, like social media, BBC Scotland. Yeah, need, a, need to have a word with themselves basically. And that's only one sip of vodka in, by the way. <laughs> um, and so I, what happened? So I, I, I suggested it. It was my idea. And then they, they did. They went, oh, okay, we'll give that a shot. And they what were was like, it? Good luck. <laughs> it was a clip of me... Um, from when I'd actually met The Rock in real life, like about 14 months ago in China, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> As you do. Of all the places to meet The Rock, but it was just a very, very quick like exchange where he was introduced to me, shook my hand, and he was in the middle of asking a question to me, looking me right in the eye and said, so do you? And then he got led away. And can you imagine how frustrating that would be? <laughs> like The Rock mid-question, and then you're like... And then it just became like a bit over the months where I was explaining this to people. And whenever I told them, I was like, what did The Rock want to know? Because <laughs> it's just such a ridiculous situation to be in. And then I thought, right, I'm going to use this for my stand-up telly debut because it's just quite a funny bit. And you just never know. Like, you, you might you might get in touch. And he did! <laughs> How long was it forted out there before he got in touch? Only a few days. Well, only a few days. It had been on the TV, I think, for about two weeks. But after I told BBC Scotland uh, to put up, it was like a couple of days. So he's, you know, he's, he's found it on Twitter and then he's replied and he's, he's basically said, um, I wanted to know if you were a comedian. I wanted to know if you did the ha-ha. <laughs> he was like, I'd had a few tequilas, by the way, self-promoting his brand. He's a clever man, is Dwayne. I'd had a few of my tequilas and um, I just wanted to know and he was like, keep kicking ass. So Ooh. that was it. He just pure... I asked you this last week as mm. well, and I'm going to say this a lot, but mm. where were you the moment you realised that you'd blown up, basically, and The Rock had tweeted you? I was in bed. <laughs> I was on a stag recently, and we met a former Celtic player called Eric Sviachenko. 
And oh my I, god, I love him. He's like the best looking. Yeah, he's really, yeah, he's really hot. good looking. But we got a photo of him rock, and, <laughs> in <laughs> Poland, and then about three hours later, one of the guys in the stag walked back into this bar because my phone had died for ages, and he went, "You guys are going viral because a Celtic uh, website picked this up, and it's all over Twitter that you are going viral." And I'm like, "Fuck, eight hundred likes, amazing! <laughs> you must have had like about ten thousand. I am like eight hundred likes, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> Just <laughs> fuck your eight hundred <laughs> likes. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Before the rock got in touch 800 to me would have been like the best day ever on Twitter <laughs> and then he gets in touch and it was like honestly going 1000 2000 you know it was like my fo- I was just watching it going like 3000 4000 500 you know it was unreal man but yeah I was in, in, in just about Eric he won me 125 pound once at the football because I went to see Celtic and my right. boyfriend said who do you want who Jenko score first and I went the hot one <laughs> <laughs> and he did and me and my boyfriend won 125 pound each because he was whatever odds we got 250 quid. Amazing! Just you won money. <laughs> it made me go viral. What a guy! Can Eric. I just interject on James' story and say that there's a vital part of your story missing? Fuck off! There's <laughs> <laughs> always, yeah, always was... some Timmy Jenkins cunt trying to ruin it all. Winter. <laughs> so there was three three Celtic fans on that trip, and they roughly knew, or two of them knew, what one Eric Spiechenko was. One didn't. He's sitting next to me. And, um, <laughs> so, oh, mate, I'm no, football no, manager. Tell the story. He walked, so James walked up to the table and he was drunk, and we were all drunk to be fair at this point, and standing right behind Eric Sviatchenko, James turned around to the two other Celtic fans and went, right, what one Sviatchenko? <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't been at Celtic for a few years. He could look different. Um, Have you ever done like that? Because you obviously move in more fucking exciting circles than we do. Have you ever fucked it in front of someone famous? My, my brother, right? He's a director in New Zealand, yeah. and Peter Jackson was at this play we were at, yeah. and he's like, all right, and he said this to me beforehand, don't make a dick of yourself, that's Peter Jackson over there, yeah. like, just don't be a fucking idiot, please, <laughs> like, this is this is big mm. for me. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So I snuck in about five of these whisk, uh, these bourbon and cola drinks, they're 12%, they're like, they're, they're fight water, they're fucking horrible, <laughs> but they're good if you need a buzz, they're mm. like, what I'm drinking now, they like buck fast. And, um... By the end of the night, we'd watch this play, which is arty as fuck, and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> and we're at the free drinks afterwards. They're handing around champagne. And <laughs> Peter Jackson walks past, and Dean goes to shake his hand and just falls on his face. And it was the <laughs> best thing I'd ever seen in my life because I was sitting there going, well, oh, that's it. the whole night. I was like, mate, remember that time you met your idol and fucked it? Oh, that's your career gone anyway. Look at McDonald's. Have you ever, ever like completely shat the bed in front fucked of someone famous? famous? I have, but it was accidentally. I'm not going to name names. Ooh, I'm not, on. but I'll just, I'll just tell you the story. Give a wee clue, then, so uh, people can give one clue. You've not named the name, but people can famous, make up their own. Famous Scottish actress. There's not that many, um, <laughs> like really famous. But basically, what happened was it was in a film we were on together. And um, she just, was just IMDb. This guy, you'll find out. And she was really lovely as well. But um, she was off meditating in a, in a tent. <laughs> but I didn't know. And I'd left my phone in there because, like, we didn't have um, like trailers or anything on that job. Like, all our stuff was just like bunged in this tent. But I didn't know she was meditating. And I went in all loud to grab my phone. And obviously, she was in the zone of meditating. And she turned around with this like vicious, because I was like, oh, sorry, <laughs> leave my phone in here, pure goofball energy. And she just, obviously it didn't matter that it was me, it was just someone had like interrupted that zone. And you know when like someone that famous, <laughs> pure like skills at you, it's trippy as fuck. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah, but I won't say who, it's just, you know. Didn't know Roisin for River City, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that um, would be scary, proper. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I met Stuart Lee before I started doing stand-up and he was the reason that I wanted to do stand-up. And he'd done, he was doing a late night at the Fringe thing where everyone does like 10 minutes kind of thing. And after it, I went up to him and said, I want to get into stand-up. What do I do? 
and he just looked at me so blankly like he just he looked so awkward <laughs> and i felt awkward and we just looked at each other for it was about five seconds and it felt like about four hours <laughs> and he went uh just start doing open mic stuff like the most basic bitch advice ever. Cheers, Stuart. And I was like, all right. What do you want for him to just bring you into his arms? Give me a son, right? I've got the manual for you. Exactly, yeah. What else is he going to say? And I was just like, right, okay. And we just looked at each other again for a few seconds and went, see you then. Do you think you're going to get this pure amazing wisdom from Stuart Lee? Here's my agent's number. He'll set you up with a few shows. In fact, now I sound like I'm name dropping, but I have got another one as well. It was Dylan Moran. And it oh, was in a fucking love Dylan And he's Moran. pure he's pure lovely, right? But it was at the stand in Edinburgh and you know how like when famous people do stand up, they don't have to like they can just drop in basically. So it was like a last minute addition to the bill. And I was quite nervous because I think I'd died the night before there. Um you know, because that's the thing about comedy, you can have an amazing, you know, do the same material one night and it's smash and then the next night people hate you. That's the thing about Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, nice. especially the Edinburgh stand, and it was Edinburgh stand and it's hard because it's full of tourists. Yeah. So it's not always like pure comedy fans, it's just people who are in the city who are like, oh, let's go, you know, go and sit in a fucking basement and do you know that way? So it's not like pure comedy fans at the Edinburgh stand compared to the Glasgow stand, but I think it's like the mecca of comedy fans that go there. Uh, so anyway, Dylan Moran was there and he was really nervous as well because I think he said that he hadn't gigged for about 18 months. Like it was like a long time for him. And so I was like, oh, I had a joke last night and it really didn't go down, but I'm, I'm still really like proud of it. And I, I just need to work on it because I think it's a good joke. And then yeah. he was like, what is it? And I'm like, oh my, you know, it's like pure trippy. Like Dylan Moran's like wanting me to make him laugh. And then I told him and you know that way it's like, because it was like a kind of character bit. Um, I was like over explaining it and you know that way <laughs> I was like and then I do a voice and then that bit means and you can see like it slowly draining yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know that way I'm like oh man this is like not the best way to like show Dylan Moran I'm funny but then he actually did laugh because it is quite a surreal bit uh, I ended up naming my friend show after the joke which is called Slutty Little Goldfish so nice. that's um, aye. So that's a nice wee plug there a little plug there nice little tells about it now <laughs> That Dylan Moran, um, aye, so basically it's called Slutty Little Goldfish and it's all about the Time's Up movement and Me Too and Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and all the other creeps that have been caught in the past couple of years and um, the reason it's called Slutty Little Goldfish, I won't ruin it because I, I do think it's a good joke and you can have to watch the whole show to kind of get to the finale <laughs> but um, it's kind of kind of talking about victim blaming and all that as well and somehow it's the woman's fault when she gets raped and and you know you, it's, it's your fault, you're the Slutty Little Goldfish <laughs> but the goldfish stuff will make sense when you see <laughs> the rest of the show <laughs> you, can, you could have heard how silent we went now in a room going don't say anything don't say anything <laughs> and also I have a goldfish at home I was like oh yeah, no have like, I called mine a slutty goldfish in a few years I'll be like when have you fucked it in front of a famous person well when I met Rachel Jackson a few years ago before she was famous I started talking to her about goldfish and yeah. I just well, fucked it and we deleted the episode before that was fucking brilliant we really brilliant. pissed that girl off man did you hear about Kevin Spacey recently by the way like he's the guy who brought the charges about um, his completely dropped them. Yeah. He's went off the radar. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much what Frank Underwood, mm-hmm. his character in House yeah. of Cards is. Yeah. It's fucking Another mental. one was murdered as well. Seriously? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? Epstein, he got found fucked up in his yeah. jail cell and he's yeah. the one that could really blow the lid off Yeah, everything. the whistleblower on yeah. all the royals and... Well, yeah. Who's Epstein? Is that his name? Epstein? I don't know. I, I read about recently this guy who's like apparently was like a bit of a pimp to like famous and royals and there was like an island of underage girls that were getting like pimped out and Fucking this guy's hell. in jail at the moment and he was found like as if it was a botched suicide yeah. attempt but really and truly it's like not, he's not, there, apparently there was nothing that could have like he could have killed himself with. So they're obviously yeah. trying to get an inside man in there to kill him. That's what happened with Jill Dando wasn't it? Apparently mm-hmm. she was about 100%. to blow the whistle on uh, all the political all the scandal and fucking... Jimmy Savile yeah. and then all of a sudden boom she's dead but it's an Eastern European guy that did it 
No, I know, mm. I know. It's, it gives me shivers, man. It was like you know Sandra Bland, that black woman in America a few years ago. No. I, I had like sleepless nights about it because what was she that? basically it was this woman who just just got a new job. She's really happy, like really good point in her life. And I think she went through a traffic, you know, um, traffic stop. It was just like a silly offence that any like a white person would have just got probably not even a ticket, just a warning. But she was arrested, taken to prison, and then was found dead in her cell. Did you not hear about? Oh my god! So now it's come out that it was murder. Um, because there was this horrible mugshot of her, hers that people... It went viral because people said she was dead in the mugshot. Right. That she'd already been killed and they'd made her so eyes open. like weekend oh, at Bermuda. Like... Yeah, like they'd actually like made her look alive for the... Well, I don't know. Like This is just conspiracy theory, but like I believe it. Like It's just quite sickening. And now it's come out that it wasn't suicide. So... Oh. Yeah, and Did honestly, she know some shit or did they just do some bad shit? It was just because shit? it was a black woman in America and, you know... Some of the fucking guys, videos you watch of black you... people in America... There was one uh, a few weeks ago where a woman and a guy had their kid. Did you see that? And there was just guys going, put your fucking oh, hands up. Oh, that's the one because the kid had stolen a, a $2 yeah, toy. and the kid's crying yeah. and they've just fucking basically thrown the people to the ground. And she's holding her kids and they're like, put your fucking kids down and we'll shoot you in the head. And she's like, what, you want me to drop my kids? Like, Fuck, man, yeah, America's know, so crazy. fucked up. Not happened. There was, might have been two years ago, but up in Fife, there was like, police killed somebody because yeah, there was a guy. far too rough. Well, let's was, not get any yeah. the Scottish police though because you know, that's too close to home because Reg is listening do <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> that but aye, there was some, to America <laughs> nah, there's some questions around that one definitely and I don't know if there's been answers so Rachel uh, you uh, handled a cat for the first time this week in a oh you time. saw that on my Twitter did, yeah. Yeah. But tell us about oh, that cause... right so basically I got <laughs> and I feel like no one really appreciated I was trying to have a bit of a joke saying that I got attacked by a cat in London thinking that people would be like oh that's that you know what happened as if it was on like the streets late at night as if I was like pure jump by a cat but <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was funny but no one really responded <laughs> um Twitter will tell you if your jokes are funny or not like yeah. uh but yeah basically I live with this woman and her cat was senile like no joke it was like a cat that had like dementia and like bipolar or some shit this cat was like 19 years old oh, fucking and it should have been cats can live can't they aye they really can <laughs> and um it was like yeah it basically should have died like long before but you know what people are like with their pets and they'd rather keep it alive than it was like fucking pet cemetery this cat man. <laughs> but it's like falling off alive. I typed back on yeah it was fucked and what like it used to just like stalk me like whenever I'd go to the toilet I'd come out and it was like waiting for me but not like in a cute way like a dog would it was like horrible and then it was always just like like um, what's that uh, what's that noise they make like hiss yeah. it would hiss at me and it would scowl and oh it was horrible and then one time I was coming, I was going back to my bedroom and it just actually pure attacked me, like scratch fucking my leg. And I had a glass of water and I just fucking <laughs> soaked this little pet cemetery fucking cat away. And the, the owner was raging with me, like... Because, you know, don't fuck with someone's cat. Yeah, well. but she was like that. Oh, well, you've you've encouraged the violence. And I was like, you need to take it <laughs> down just, to the vet. And just tired, isn't he? The reason we're asking this is because what you've just described there is a Tuesday morning in James' house. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have an ongoing thing he has like a problem with his cat and he won't admit it just now he's, abuse he's man a victim. he's I've a victim of some abuse. scratches today. so we want to know your journey as to how you managed to find right, a okay. cat offer James some friendly advice as <laughs> yeah. to what he can do to well I just had one bad experience right all my life I was always a dog dog person because you know everyone everyone is and um, I mean either dog or cat and uh, and then this cat had made me like proper hate cats right but then my boyfriend's mum uh, got like a little kitten uh, last year and they called it Harry. It's this wee black cat called Harry. It's the cutest cat in the world. But this um, this wee cat like just grew into the most affectionate cat and I'd never seen a cat like that because you know how cats are can be quite 
moody and they you know they, they come to you it's a misinterpretation of cats like they're really really standoffish or not honestly this this cat was the most affectionate beautiful cat and so that was the cat that I had the picture on Twitter this week because we were staying with um, my boyfriend's mum's house for a while while we were getting our, our house renovated and and I just became so close to this cat and then we went back the other day and it like came up and it was holding it like a wee fucking oh, baby nice. and it like remembered me because obviously they remember your smell and I was just like, oh, back with my little cat. So, Does um, it ever jump on your shoulder and just like sit there and Not sleep? my shoulder, just like, I suppose it's almost like a baby. It's like, it's like my fucking tit. Like. And it'll just, it'll just sit there and sleep. <laughs> just sit there and not even sleep, just look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Does I'm it ever you. viciously hack at your legs? No, nothing no, like that. No, it doesn't do that, no. No, nothing like it's that. See, nice yeah. kits like that are, are like marketing tools for cats in general. Because cats in general are fuckheads. Cats are shit. And if you're, if you're saying they're not, you're... James's cat is the average cat, and it's just a fucking abusive. No, it's not. I, just, I disagree. Evil. I'm on. I'm on team James with this one. Yeah, I think that once you meet cats. a nice cat, you'll think dogs are basic bitches. Yeah, I, but his, excuse, the, excuse <laughs> the pun. This <laughs> isn't a, a, a nice dogs cat. Dogs are too easy, man. Dogs, <laughs> dogs are like they're sweet, but they're boring. But his isn't dogs a nice are slightly cat. little goldfish, man. <laughs> we just want to give it up. Stop <laughs> throwing this onto dogs. Your cat absolutely no. abuses the shit out of you, and you're like, oh no, but it's okay because he loves me. He's just playing. He's like pulled an eye socket off, and you're like, no, well, proper my, my cat on your is face. a Glaswegian cat. It has to have a wee bit of violence in him. It needs to fight me sometimes to show its colours, man. I do, would hazard a guess that you would never dare tell that cat to fuck off. <laughs> I, I've told the cat to fuck oh. off when it tells you, you to cook its eggs when it's, and when you it's, fuck them when up. it's rooms away. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, get, getting a cat's love is like getting like the bad boy's love you know like yeah. women who chase for years to get like the bad boy making a cat fold is like a big fucking deal that's like turning Danny Zuko into what Sandy turned him into at the end <laughs> the track and field fucking runner you know good example that's you know, it's it a, it's an analogy and a person that flies I only watched the end of it for the first time about a month ago <laughs> yeah. two months ago the fucking car flies we've spoken about this in a podcast oh, before right, because well, <laughs> we quite often are quite tipsy <laughs> when we talk about I've it never, I've never seen Grease and Animal the car flies away at the end this was a conversation because it's one of those films that I've seen it parodied so much that, yeah, that you never feel, feel like, like you've I don't seen need it. to see it. But Same the thing is, we watched it recently with my boyfriend and Rizzo looks about 50. She's playing like a 16-year-old girl <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh I'm yeah. up the daff. And you're like, you're going to IMDb? Like, I swear you were 40 yeah. when you filmed that. She's just, also no bra, is she? <laughs> right, I'm not going to be horrible, but the movie's <laughs> a period. I'm just saying, she, she doesn't look 16, was my point. Well, <laughs> so for people that aren't from Scotland, that means she's not good looking, eh? No, well, she's no, she's decent looking, but uh, you'd think that a lead in that sort of film, you know, would be quite hot. You're going down a slippery slope, but she's also yeah. a dick. Like the whole time, she's Kanaki's not hot either. Then <laughs> balance it out. She seems really angry the whole time. Like you just want to go, what's? I want to know more about her. What is happening with her? Because she seems angry and she's something going <laughs> she on wants there. Some fucking grease spin-off. I want to, I want to see character development with what's her name? Rizzo. Rizzo. Because she has got a story to tell. None of this. I think she was going through the menopause. I think she was up there. Oh. <laughs> I'm just questioning her looks. You're questioning her age. <laughs> is there not a is there not a Muppets character called Rizzo as well? <laughs> I don't know. Rizzo and Gonzo. Gonzo is the one with the nose. Rizzo might be the rat. Rizzo. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We've spoken about Sesame Street and the Muppets before as well, haven't we? <laughs> Covered all topics. Tell That's us true. about post rock tweet life. Okay. Uh, has it blown up? Well, it's it's funny because you know <laughs> I feel like I want to make a sketch about this about how you go through the dark phase after you come down from the viral high <laughs> because like I, I got so many new followers. I got like two thousand five hundred new followers. For a, for a few days, every tweet I did, even ones that weren't anything to do with the rock, were doing amazing. And then obviously it starts to slow down. Like I've still got the followers, and I, I've definitely like noticed a, an improvement. I'm getting offered more gigs and stuff like that. But 
you know that like thing when you start to kind of come down from like oh you can't stay viral forever even like people like tom cruise like huge film stars they're not every day like you know they have their downtimes and all that and you suddenly think you can't keep that up like it's, and, like, a, it's like a drug because you're like oh my god this is amazing the, people care about me and stuff but you at least you are f- the rock like the rock is the only one that has in the last what three or four years actually kept his instagram presence up that he is well, probably yeah, the most famous huge, yeah. action star yeah, in the, the world f- yeah biggest film star in the world right now like in terms of you know, like money and box office, you know, and all that. He's he's huge, man. If uh, wrestling has taught me anything, it's that once you get like that, the crowd love you, but it starts to drift off a little bit. You need to turn heel. Mm. So you need to just start like abusing the rock yeah. on Twitter now. <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, yeah. motherfucker, like, I'll come at you. And then that gets the crowd back on I side. know, but there's nothing more painful than seeing someone try to stay relevant. Yeah. So I'm yeah. kind of like, you know what? Like, Hopkins it, syndrome. <laughs> it was a good laugh. I got my answer. I got what you wanted to know. And now it's moving on and try to keep the, those new followers like to follow me rather than just like, oh, this is like someone that The Rock likes or whatever. Do you think you'll ever meet him in person? Like, is that the goal? Well, you've met him, <laughs> but, you know, meet him again in person. Well, sorry. I think hopefully I'll meet him again and maybe we could do like a wee video together next time. Because obviously, like, next time I'm introduced to him, I'll be like, oh, I was the girl that like... I'm the ha-ha, the I'm I'm the ha-ha, ha-ha girl. girl. And because he's so like, he loves all the videos and all the engagement, yeah. I bet he'd be up for a video. So me and The Rock... Come, it's coming out 2020 I'm going to drop it me and The Rock do a little video it's a good idea but what if you and I'm not saying this is the right idea I'm just spitballing what if you just punched him in the face like, I think that would I go. think that would break your hand yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a few yeah. people in the world you don't want to punch in the face because you know it's made of steel and The Rock is one of them yeah he'd probably just embarrass te- myself tense his cheek muscle and hurt your hand all my, all my rings would just like break all my antique rings and, and then he'd just give you the smack it. down and you'd probably die <laughs> not worth it man don't but no he just seems like such a cool guy doesn't he He is a cool guy, man. And he he, fucking, everything he puts up, like he put up something about water earlier and he's like, I've I've invested in water and you're like, I want to buy this water away. That's the five litres of water you want to drink at night. (laughs) He needs to, I need to fucking make him my brand ambassador for the hangover cure. Imagine just, I'm going to try, that's my now mission. I'm going to tweet him every day, Instagram him every day until he replies. Do you think that's, would it work? I think you're going nowhere, mate. I I spent a tenner trying to get Lemmy on and he was very polite but he still rejected us so <laughs> did you get the tuna back though nah oh. did you don't go hey mate well, he's, here's 10 quid be on our podcast and you go give me the 10 quid first he did and then nah, you went li- ah, nah, I don't want to then literally wait outside his house and offer him physical <laughs> cash he streams on the internet playing games and you can donate and I donated saying can we uh, do you want to come Aww. on this podcast and he said to be fair to him he said it sounds interesting how do I do it and then in true Lemmy manner he just went look I'll just not do it. I just know I'll not do it. I'm lazy as fuck. I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I can't be. I just know. Nah, that's kind of nice, that sort of honesty, isn't yeah. it? Up front, not like bullshit. And you go, oh, maybe in November. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I know why I did bring on sort of mental health for a wee second. Um, that's, I think he's amazing in terms mm. of normalising mm. all that kind of stuff and the way he talks about it. And yeah. it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah, didn't he write a bit recently it? about it or yeah. something? Yeah. His autobiography, they asked him to just write about his mental health and instead he just done an autobiography which is pretty much just him saying like I'm speak, speaking up. the truth isn't he one of my yeah. favourite things from that autobiography and it kind of shouldn't be my favourite thing but it lands itself in my head so well it's the fact that within that like 200 pages there was three different instances where Lemmy said and I just thought fuck it I got on my bike and I went that's the day I'm going to kill myself and he didn't do it right but I was like so many times in my life especially over the past few years where I thought do you know what I'm really darkly deeply suicidal today and i know that i'm not going to kill myself but i get to the fucking edge and i'm mm-hmm. like well maybe i'll jump off today this this could be it but he's he's normalizing it 
and not isolating anyone that might feel like that by bringing them in and going, I feel like this like fucking maybe three times a year or yeah. whatever. And I'd imagine there's more examples. Of it was course. just like fucking it hit me, man. I was like, that's that's brilliant. You need someone in, with that sort of platform, of course. that sort of audience pushing that message out. Yeah. Definitely. The Rock's done that as well, by the way, <laughs> getting it back on The Rock. He's talked about having depression and all that. And, and it is nice, Lemmy The Rock, anyone who's got a platform who can use it to say, hey, I'm not actually like, I'm not mental. It's like a, it's actually quite a normal thing to feel depressed and question what you're doing and where you're going and regrets and, and, and everything. Like we all, yeah, so. Even the most successful people, you know, they can sit nice. I know, it looks, it, we all look like, you know, the grass is always greener and all that. And I don't know, even from what I've seen just from like fame and like meeting people and doing acting and doing films and stuff, you, um, you see that it's not all, like I know it sounds so cliched, but it really isn't all glitz and glamour. Like you see people's pain and their suffering and their insecurities, just the way normal people have. Yeah. Except it's um, amplified for them, it's isn't it? Because there's a lot more people looking at it and, and the expectations and, on yourselves are a lot higher. Yeah, it's mental. We, in New Zealand, we didn't really take depression or mental illness seriously until an ex-All Black, like a famous World Cup winning All Black said, I suffered from depression. And we all went, Wait, what? Yeah, like, but what? you're a handsome man that yeah, was, you know, the best rugby player in the world. You're fit, you were strong. And he was, this was probably maybe 2005 when he was the first one to go look. And he's championed it. Him and Mike King have just done huge things in New Zealand because we have horrible, like, suicide statistics in New Zealand. But he was the one that kind of started the um started the conversation and in doctors i'm not even joking you doctors during the earthquakes were just giving people or like going if they had the book they'd give the book out or they'd go go to the library and read john kerwin's book because it will honestly if you we a lot of people got depression from the earthquakes they didn't really know they had depression they were like i'm not sad what's happening something's happening to yeah, my yeah, body yeah. and the doctors were going look it sounds like depression it might not be what you think depression is but read this book and it gives you a really good idea mm. of, you know, someone in the prime, he's a world champion, he's at the top of his game and he was just sitting there before games going, I can't do it, I'm fucking useless. And it was just, he's a really good spokesperson for it. But that's it, the thing, the more people talk about it and the yeah. higher profile, that's yeah. shit hot. Because if The Rock's going, by the way, I was depressed, you're like, fuck me. Yeah, if you've been depressed then, you know. And exactly, and, and I think some of the people that are like the biggest people, like one of my mates is a bodybuilder, he's huge, hench as fuck, but honestly you would ruin his week if you said his legs looked small. Like, and not even, we used to do it as a joke and then we stopped because we're like, it's proper fucking with yeah. him. Like if you're like, bro, you're not working on your legs anymore. He would go, <laughs> I'm not even joking, within half an hour to the gym yeah. and go do an hour workout yeah. on his legs and come back and he'd eat like three chickens and it was just... What did you, you do that for? And he's like, oh, you know, just to, I, I miss leg day, like, you know, on Tuesday. So yeah, I thought I'd give it another go. You don't, don't force someone to do leg day. Leg day is horrible, man. <laughs> Honestly. Do chickens make your legs grow? They <laughs> <laughs> go straight I down. three chickens and boom. <laughs> it's vitamin chicken. It goes straight to the calves. It's, it's great. <laughs> but that just from what you were saying about the old blacks guy sort of coming out and saying that, like, it's such a thing of like, what have you got to be depressed about? Yeah. Like you're doing so well and, you know, and you've got all this amazing life and, and it's like, well, no, that's not how fucking depression works. Anyone who's had, I've had it, I'm sure you guys might have had it and or know someone who has. And like, I know they, they call it the black fog and all that. Because it is like, it feels like it's not even your brain. It's the scariest place to be because you don't even, you just don't want to be alive. And so you might not go and take the step to go and kill yourself, but you, you just don't, you just don't want to be there. And it's so hard to explain to people and... It's, it's the war, it's horrible. It's hard to even you know. But you but. do do a lot of things to the detriment of yourself when you got depression. Mm. You know, well, I'm a believer that you can have many depressive episodes, mm. like even for like two or three days where you just do nothing and you isolate yourself and you tell yourself that you're complete scum and you're you're not worth it and you mm. can't do it in positive. And then like 
a couple of days later, you're like, fine. Yeah. So it's fucking, it's, it's madness. But depression. then the ones that last like four or five months, they are like, because it, it honestly feels like your brain tricks you into feeling like this is forever. And yeah. it's when it is gone on for like five months, you think, oh yeah, this is it. This is my, this is my brain now. Did you go and see anyone about your depression? Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, it was at, when I was at drama school. I'm, I'm sure most people all, all <laughs> have like a drama school story. Um, yeah, when I went, was in third year of drama school, my mental health took a serious um dive, and I'd, I, it, it was one of those times where a lot of things went wrong in my life, and um, and so I went to doctor. I was put on antidepressants, and um. Like I came, I came off them quite quickly. Like I did it carefully, by the way, for anyone who's listening. Uh, you should never just like like come stop, off come off them straight away. But um, but it's just what I needed at the time. And I know there's a lot of like judgment about that. And I wasn't in. I was I was rock bottom. So I was like anything that'll help me because I'd been one of those people myself years before that had gone. Oh, you don't want to just take a tablet. You want to like you know do yoga or something. <laughs> and then mm. you get yourself and you're like, oh shit, I need more than yoga. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a chemical imbalance oh in the brain, God. isn't it? And you know the tablets help that yeah 100 percent. well they can on. they can they can definitely spark something in you make you feel can even alive again or whatever um so i'm like i mean obviously i've not got like a huge platform or whatever but if i could help anyone you know who's going through it then I, I feel like i'm living proof of someone who um hung on for dear life when i was at my lowest and i always believe like just keep going and, and things will get better you just have to keep going and they, they always do that's- whether that's career love whatever that's fucking really good advice as well. And like the, when the thing for me is I've never really had depression, but a lot of my friends have. Mm. So I almost feel like you kind of like, I wish I could sympathize or I wish I, yeah, I knew yeah, yeah, a I bit more about what you were going through. But the the best part about this podcast is the amount of people that kind of reach out and just go, Hey, really enjoyed that. You know, people that reach out and go, hey, I'm going through a bit of a shit time. Yeah. And honestly, it we love it. It's not like a look how cool we are. We it's genuinely if we get the chance to just talk to someone and and, and we can make a wee bit of a difference or we can catch up for you for a beer or something like that. We will because it's not like we're not big stars. We're not you. We're not <laughs> the not, rock. Not we're big, not kicking it with I'm the not rock. A big star. <laughs> but if, if if you do, if you like, if you are struggling, just fucking talking to people. Yeah. And even if it's a random bunch of strangers, like if it's a fucking weird Kiwi cunt that does a podcast that you sometimes <laughs> listen to, fucking yeah. flick me a message. I'm keen yeah. to catch up and have it's a. It's just hanging on. That's all. All you can do is hang on. Just that's literally all you can do because when when it feels that bad, it feels like you're incapable of of doing anything or doing anything right. But if you hang on long enough, things will get better. It's just the way time and science work. Like mm. fucking, I love that advice, man. Genuinely, and I've you know done it myself a few times where I've just fucking hung on that little bit. Yeah, extra. hang on, and you'll and see. And then even something as simple as going out a walk and clearing your head. Oh my and god, seeing, yeah, <laughs> running the fucking sky. I know, and running. totally. Running's beautiful. I know, it you know? really is. Like getting out there and. Just fucking, yeah. if that's the one thing you do your do your day, a wee bit of exercise, yeah. you feel so much better for it. Well, but that was like after I got to the doctor and they prescribed me stuff and um, and he was like, oh, what are you doing to try and make yourself feel better? I was like, I'm cooking, I'm running, I'm, you know, I'm doing anything to kind of keep myself busy. And that night, in fact, even though I was feeling like fucking dog shit, I still went out for a run and the sky was like pink. It was like pinky purpley that night. And it was like, I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but I was like, oh my God, like things can be beautiful. Even though I'm fucked inside right now, like you can't deny that. Like yeah. even though right now I'm fucked. I was uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day and we were talking about like anxiety and depression and kind of the, the benefits of just getting out and going for a walk. And we were saying like, you're almost annoyed like if you're at your lowest ebb and you go for a walk. And they're like, oh, fuck's sake. Oh, I feel better. You're like, yeah, you're like, oh, you're like that kind of oh, yeah. helped. Yeah, look at that. The park's nice. I fuck. know. Yeah. But you I know, know that was like the diagnosis that whole time. Or not, like, or the remedy, sorry, that whole, that whole time. Just go out a fucking walk, man. Breathe in some air. 
<laughs> talk to someone. Not that we're saying that one walk will cure yeah, the patient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a good start. really struggling you know. right now. <laughs> we are not doctors. Like, yeah. One walk. One I walk. One walk. Like, wow, man. But you're saying but like... Any, anything helps. Just getting out of bed, it really does help. And the small bits of beauty, like the sun, sunset, you're saying it's like, that is a small bit of beauty where even when you're struggling mm. and like everything's dark and, you, and you're, not, you're not thinking right, you go... Fuck me, that's like quite that's beautiful. Stunning, yeah. And that's what the the famous people might be doing for people that are going through similar things. I don't know if you guys saw, but is it the gay footballer? It's a thing that's coming out at the moment. There's meant to be a, a big. That's that's kind of over already. Oh, who yeah. is the gay footballer? He was Sorry. meant to, as of this recording, the gay footballer was meant to have came out today, and he um, didn't. But only the only for reasons only known to him. They, he decided to shut down his account and say oh. that he wasn't strong enough to come out at this moment. So, Fucking hell. Um, and there's a lot of people out there that say it might be a parody account and the person took it too far after it garnered all this public attention. But if it isn't, then the person... And I can understand the person doesn't want to come out because it's such a fucking toxic environment mm-hmm. football. There's people underneath it going gay boy, like fucking all the slurs of the day yeah. that are homophobic underneath it. And then you've got people balancing that out with support. But as long as the, the human brain works the way the human brain works, we're always going to amplify the mm. negative. So as long mm. as he's seeing those messages and imagining what it'll be like out in the fucking uh, football field mm. with an actual fan base, then it's going to be tough for someone to come out unless they've got real, real strength of character. And mm. football makes a massive change. Are there any really high profile like huge you know like top 10 in the world footballers that are gay or are there any this would have been the first person to come out gay since Justin Fashion in the 90s nah, there was a Leeds player came out about I don't know 10 years ago and uh, and then Thomas Hitchelsberger came out but only after he retired and he was quite high profile he played for that Germany Germany yeah and like, as if as if like there, there aren't yeah you know, as if like oh there's only three gay men in football like that's just not the case it's just like horrible that you know, but admittedly, and I, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a saint. See, when it comes to football, especially supporting someone like Celtic or any Rangers fans out there, and I'm, I'm goldfish bowling it here because I know I'm in the room well, of like fan as well. It's it. <laughs> it like a goldfish bowl, but I can get toxic even to this day with Irish rebel songs, which I'm completely ignorant to. But I'll <laughs> sing them because it's what I've been reared on, and you know, and it's I, I didn't experience the troubles. No one in my family were fucking living in fear of their life mm-hmm. in Ireland, but I'll get toxic about that sort of stuff and you know that's that's the kind of fucking persona that people take on with football mm. so that's it's, like it's hard to fucking detract yourself <laughs> away from that that's like exactly with the Proclaimers as a Hibs fan <laughs> <laughs> you fucking talk Proclaimers then I'll fuck you up like. but that's football's so toxic man I feel and it's, like like it, all sports people get so much like like Obviously, actors and all that get scrutinised for their weight and who they're dating and all that kind of stuff. But sports people, like especially footballers, like the way their own fans can turn on them even throughout a game if they've missed mm-hmm. a you know missed a shot or whatever. Like I'm not I'm not into football, but like you're like mate, weren't you just in love with him a minute ago when he just like played well? Yeah. And then the next minute, you're like you fucking yeah, idiot! And it's unbelievably fickle. disgustingly fickle. Yeah, and I'm like I just don't. I mean, I don't get it. Like I'm not a sports fan. Like in the way that people, you know. Might not get why I like to watch the Oscars every year, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I just think, how can you turn on like your heroes like that, like in a heartbeat, because they missed a 
Mr. Short or whatever. The Rebel Song thing is fucking amazing because I didn't even realise. So I come from New Zealand, right? Didn't really know about the troubles, didn't really know what was going on. And I was on the piss all the time with James. We were out and about and we'd always go to Irish pubs and we'd always end up singing these Rebel songs, which I thought were just like songs. I didn't know they were Rebel songs. I didn't know they were... Nice little nursery rings. So I was sitting there once cooking dinner around my... And my my flat luckily was an Irish person and a Scottish person. So they were were cool with it. But I was sitting there cooking dinner going... Don't sing the song. Don't sing it. Don't Don't sing the song. Don't sing the song. You're singing a particular Irish song that mentions uh, the words 800 years. Yeah. Right. And go on... (laughs) Yeah, basically, right. and my flatmate came in and went, bro, what the fuck are you singing? And I was like, oh, it's a song from, from the Irish pub. And he's like, I wouldn't sing yeah, it be if you don't want to get stabbed. And I was like, got ya. Got yeah, ya. Thank don't, you, good Scottish knowledge. The oldie tale of Irish years gone by is all that was. Classic little folk song, a little ditty. Yeah. So I grew up in Edinburgh, so I missed all that. And then now that I'm dating my boyfriend, huge Celtic fan, now I get it all and I get educated on that. <laughs> I love being outside. Like I was born in Glasgow, but my family are from Edinburgh, so they're Hibs fans. And I, I love being outside the slutty yeah. little goldfish bowl. And just looking I love in, that we like, keep bringing my friends out of this. Let's keep doing it. And it's like my face is pressed against the glass. Just uh-huh. like, like I lay through looking in going, this is fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, Klaus from American Dad. Aye, Attenborough fucking watching you all. <laughs> now we see a man in green. <laughs> and I'm, I'm they've never been going, to church in their lives and yet they're still arguing about the same God they don't believe in. Yeah. It makes no sense. And I know how destructive these songs are, uh, but I also feel how amazing it is when you're in a group of people singing them. It's just like this little community. And I, I think some of them are the best songs in the world just to fucking <laughs> sing. But the message behind them can be a bit destructive at times when you look at this slutty little goldfish bowl that is. <laughs> Glasgow. <laughs> it is a slutty is little goldfish, but I almost fucked up the title. The slutty little yeah. goldfish, by the way. Can you guys like name this like the episode Richard slutty little goldfish? Like in, in brackets because we talk about slutty little goldfish, <laughs> like in different yeah. facets of. Well, to move on from the slutty little goldfish, bowl then I uh, I looked to your IMDb oh, page right. earlier, uh-huh. and firstly. Do you update your own IMDb page or does somebody do it for you? Kind of a bit of both. Right. Um, so things get added for you by production companies, but then you can also, like if something's been missed, you can like do right. your... Okay. It's like Wikipedia for film stars. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it's like Wikipedia slash LinkedIn. <laughs> but you can't lie. Like you can't like say you were an actor who maybe hadn't worked for a few years and you wanted to kind of said that you had that would quickly, like Wikipedia, quickly be removed. Excellent, because that leads on to my follow-up All to right. this was, Did you work with Darren Brown? <laughs> yes! Yes, <laughs> yes. Who's Darren Brown? Is he the psychic? He's like, not a psychic, it's more kind of like manipulating, sort he's, of... He's a fucking hero, Darren yeah, Brown. Yeah, he's amazing. He does... He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he does, he's kind of like, like David a, Blaine of the UK, of, that kind of... He's, he's like, like 45 though, he? He admits <laughs> that he's a fraud, like, doesn't admit he's a fraud, but he admits that everything's kind of like, a, a trick like tricks yeah so he's done documentaries where he's gone around with like psychics and just expose them and ghost hunters and expose them because he's done the exact same thing and on his stage shows are incredible like, and he does like cold reading on people on stage and will pretend that he's reading out their future or finding out stuff about their past and going but i'm not a psychic and yeah that's yeah. awesome that you worked with him <laughs> what was it on i know it was cool was it channel four it was a show called um the guilt trip and basically he manipulated this guy and this is real because a lot of people who watch Darren Brown stuff can go, oh, but he just uses actors, it's all bullshit. And I can testify as someone who is an actor who has worked with him. He hires actors, but only to fool the person that the, yeah, like the trick's yeah. on. Right, got you. Um, and this one was a guy who was led to believe that he'd killed someone. Ooh. He was basically hypnotising to believe he'd killed someone on this like 
work trip, you know, when you go to those cheesy conferences to all get to know each other. And there was a sort of arrogant American guy as part of the group who was an actor. And then he was led to believe he'd killed this man. And I was the, the, the person who had to come in and give the news. And because I was Scottish, Darren Brown was like, you've got to come in and be like, there's been a murder. Yeah, <laughs> and I even said to him, I was like, that's a bit, it's a bit cheesy, mate. And he was like, you're saying it. And I was like, okay. I've been, <laughs> Darren Brown's told me to say it, you know, that way. Um, but no, that was a proper fun job. It was like filmed in, it was somewhere out of London, this fancy manner. Was that the one where it, he pushes him off a building at the end? No, no, no. Uh, it wasn't that one. It was one where... Um, it was a few years before that. Right, yeah, because okay. was that the fall or the drop or something so, like that. Yeah, that okay, was maybe, that was creepy. Yeah. That one. The seance was the best that? one was he's it? ever I've done. That one. The seance was like one of his first ones. That's amazing. So, Do people get paid yeah, to be yeah, involved yeah. in that? Yeah, like, yeah. So obviously the actors, because it's professional work. You what get. about the guy you convinced? No, because he has auditioned for Darren Brown previously. Because everyone who kind of gets tricked yeah. is someone who's auditioned for basically to be that guy, and they they get sort of falsely rejected. So he goes away into his life. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, so he goes away for years, months, whatever, <laughs> thinking, "Oh, Darren Brown didn't want me." And then actually, he's like plugged them and chipped them and, yeah. and and manipulated all these people around him, even their family, to make them. So he gets sent off to this work conference, thinking it's a genuine thing. Yeah. When actually, everyone there's an actor. Amazing. So it's it's like the true everyone's Truman Show moment or whatever. So speaking about, say it again. The, the M word. The M word. N-word. Oh, the- no, not the N word. The <laughs> I, e- I was like, what? <laughs> what are you asking me? Say the M word. There's been a oh, murder. Oh, there's been a murder. A murder. Yeah. Um, if you Fuck would- off. <laughs> Tokenistic like. cunt. It's like, it's like that. It's like, say, girl, this is girl. it. Say murder, say burger. That's what happens when you go there's to London. There's been a murder. I know. Um, well, it's, for me, it's like, Say uh, fish and chips. Ha 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 We've just ruined a very good segue for Shane. We're sorry. <laughs> well, we won, I now realise where you're going with yeah. this. Oh. All right, so if you to were be fair, to... I gave him that segue. I wrote it in a bit of paper and took there's over. Been a, there's been a murder. <laughs> the magic has been fucking ruined. All right, so if you were to murder someone and get away with it, how would you do it? Oh, I thought you were going to say who, and I had like 10 people to <laughs> Right, <laughs> afterwards, who? <laughs> uh, the how would wife. I do it? <laughs> hey, what me and The Rock have is not sexual, okay? Oh, right. It's just like respect. <laughs> um, no, um, how would I do it? My mum gave me a good piece of advice. Um, no, she didn't. I wasn't even meaning that to be funny. She's she your mum a serial killer? How dark a, dark a family I've come from. My mum used to work in hospital for years, like years ago. She sort of assisted midwives and stuff, and she picked up all these tips. And maybe not that sounded really bad in the midwifery department. In the murder hospital. Yeah, like wait a minute. Um, no, but she said there was like a thing of like you can make someone scrambled eggs and cut up loads of shards of glass, and so when they're eating it, they'll just think it's the eggshell. And actually, like it rips open. (laughs) But that is thanks, mum. But that's not the one I'd use. Um, (laughs) Surely you'd get caught because they would find that in the autopsy and then like, what did he eat? Who cooked for him? You know, I don't know if you guys know a show on Netflix. It's called Forensic Files. I've heard of it, not watched it. I'm obsessed with it. It's like proper, like for people who like true crime, making a murder and all that. But it's like every episode shows you someone who's been murdered and all the suspects but then it shows you exactly how they got caught because of the scientific evidence and all that and I'm obsessed with it and um, basically uh, my conclusion on that show is there's no way to get away with murder yeah. <laughs> because a speck like a speck of DNA can put you in well, you know but you know what specks to avoid so you'd you, basically, surely you're the perfect DNA. murderer most, now well most yeah I've watched I'm on like my even my boyfriend's worried he comes in from work like working <laughs> a 12 day and I'm like that in front of Netflix it's just like 12 hours of watching because each series has like 42 episodes. Fucking so I, I, I watch, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of murder. And there's nine series. 
And I'm, I'm go freelance, be... <laughs> folks. It's, it's I know, like I'm a, I'm a working actress. I, I'm on like episode 157 or something. So like, and that's the series too. I know, I know. And my Are you just walking like, through the town thinking about, oh, he'd be easy to catch and he'd stab, and I could get away with this. Most most murderer uh, like the, the way they get caught is by rushing the crime scene because they're so anxious to get away that they'll miss something like a glove or a you know a speck of blood or whatever. So if I was to murder someone. I would make so that I had like five days to clean it all up, and I always oh, wear gloves. Enjoy it, yeah, <laughs> really. Never ever. Them. And cover what, your what's hair. your boyfriend's name? Michael. Hey, Michael. What are you going holiday? Well, <laughs> <laughs> get away from this cycle. And don't jizz, because everyone like <laughs> everyone just seems to jizz when they murder. Like it's no, like well, no, because absolutely no, that's, no. That's, no, no, that's because so many murders are sexually. Yeah, uh, I know, but everyone's know, like women don't have that problem. Like nah, if we want to kill not. your ass. We will not like come beforehand. We will just get rid of you. <laughs> or if you're into, if you're into murdering that's people, that's the title of the fucking episode. Why little goldfish is gone? That's the title. Women are smarter than men. I'm sorry, but in terms of like premeditated murder, absolutely. Because more men get caught. That's we, all I'll say. There's a lot yeah. of unsolved murders. Just yeah. wear more condoms. Like if you're into murdering, and you're still on this fucking jet So you want to rape someone and then as long as you wear a condom, <laughs> no, no, worst no. advice no. ever. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Well, I didn't even see the album. Well, I said if you're going to murder and you are prone to jizzing when you murder, just wear a condom. <laughs> but how, yeah, sure, but, sure. But no, but even that doesn't work because you're wrecked from the start. And I don't you know. Have to, like, charge in and then you're rushing it and then you're going to get caught because we've just heard that rushing is <laughs> another tip yeah. another tip because my I, I dye my hair and when you dye your hair you have to like pay so much attention to it because it's hard to maintain dyed hair so I would wear like a swimming cap because honestly like there's been friends of those cases where it's like one hair surely you would just wrap yourself all in plastic <laughs> like but even holes, that, <laughs> like, that's what I mean even that there's always like you've got to like there was one substance that even um, medical examiners couldn't de- detect it's like a it's like something you can. It's like in, in hospitals that people take before operations, but it doesn't come up. In, <laughs> no, it's it's like something that like it's fine for operations, but if you take it like too much of it, it will it will kill you. Right. But it doesn't show up in an autopsy. La- last week when we were recording the greatest podcast I've recorded that James deleted, we we talked about our. <laughs> Wait, love- what's wrong with this one, man? <laughs> <laughs> Second greatest podcast I've recorded. We discussed at length our love of horror movies, so. Yeah. Do you have a mask of choice? Do you ever like see every time, <laughs> I, every time I'm in a shop and there'll be like there's masks or like a fancy dress shop or whether it's like a kids yeah. shop? Yeah. I look and I'll be like, oh, that'd be a good mask to wear at kill someday. Well, I'll be like, I love the scream mask, you know, like from Wes Craven, the scream mask, just because Billy Loomis, uh, Skeet Ulrich is like my biggest crush in the world. So that reminds me of that because I know that underneath that that mask is Skeet Ulrich. I it's was like, like Michael wear the mask for me today. <laughs> Very you know what? Let's not talk about Skeet Ulrich. My boyfriend is so sick of hearing me talk about Skeet Ulrich because he's like, he's like, he's a fucking like D-list celebrity. Like you actually do have a chance with him. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be on some reality TV show with him at some point. Yeah, it's not like I'm trying to get with Brad Pitt or something. It's like you know how everyone's got their list of you know one celebrity or whatever they're allowed to yeah. sleep with. Like we're also delusional that we think that we'd be allowed to. <laughs> but, uh, like if you met them, like like you know that episode of Friends when Ross meets like one of his list yeah the ice skater is it yeah it was like uh, Katarina like, something is it and she's and she's just like I don't want to sleep with you like would it, <laughs> no way would it be the same with the mask on but because like I would <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Bloody hell. I wasn't expecting that I wasn't end. expecting that see I, uh, me and my girlfriend have these lists and hers is someone stupid like who's that re- who's Aquaman 
Oh my god, he's hot. Jason, is it Jason, Jason Momoa? Yeah, yeah, he's and, hot. And, and I'm like, cool, have him. My one is a lady from New Zealand who I've met while I was drunk and I accidentally proposed to and she didn't answer. And she wasn't famous. She's quite famous, but New Zealand famous and world famous okay. is different. It'd be like right. being Scottish, Scotland famous, yeah, sure. but not world famous. Yeah, so sure. like, if you were to meet, say, I don't know, Limmy yeah. out in the piss, it would be, wow, it's yeah, amazing. that's quite a good example. People yeah. really yeah. want photos. Yeah. But if you were to do that in the south of England, it might not go down as well. So I was at the watching the Rugby World Cup final back in 2011, right? And I was kicking up some, I worked at a, a national radio station, so I was with people that were quite famous, and they knew a lot of people, and I'd always talked about how much I loved Jen Wigmore. Jen Wigmore, by the way, she's fucking stunning, like, she's just gorgeous, her voice is, like, <laughs> amazing, but anyway, <laughs> I won't go on too much about it. Well, waggy, waggy, aye, old Jen Wigmore, but anyway, so we're at the Rugby World Cup, I'm off my tits, it's the final... And someone goes, Shane, I've got someone I want you to meet. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll go with you. I'm happy. I'm drunk. I'm Shane. And she go, they're like, they just introduced me to Jen Wigmore. And I was like, fuck me. And they're like, did you not say you'd propose if you met her? And I was like, I did. And they're like, well, we've got something <laughs> to say. Chance, baby. She actually said, well, have you got something to say then? And I was like, Jen, will you? <laughs> Jen, do I call you Jen? Because your name is Jen. I don't know. Will you marry me? And she's like, I think about it and she didn't say no and I was like yes like so, oh my god like you're engaged to her that's yeah. my one I can bang if, <laughs> if, if, if everything if all the stars aligned and it, we're in the same place and we're both like feeling each other but you already other, have been yeah, there we go <laughs> you fucked your one opportunity mate. It's no, I, could, I could find her again she'll be like <laughs> D-list <laughs> or F-list in New Zealand now she hasn't released music in a while so it'll be like Bick Runger <laughs> I could go back and I could this, get, this is because I always bring up Bick Runger to Shane who by the way is like like I don't know, a D list or not D list. She was a very, very, very big musician in the late nineties, mm. and then just kind of went under the radar. She was in ah, you watched American Pie when you were younger. Yeah, she well, was actually, in, I never watched it when I was younger. I watched it for the first time like eight weeks ago. Amazing. So that? there's a song called "Sway" in it. Sing it. Say you sway, don't come and go. Fucking what a voice! What a voice! <laughs> <Remember> that? <laughs> yeah, performance arts. Anyway, it's an amazing song, and I want Shane to get this. Uh, Amazing performer on the podcast. I like so just we're, we're deviating a bit, but I lined her up, and then you just I was like, when do we want when do we want to speak to her, and you just didn't answer, and we just never did. It's because we hadn't mentioned her on the podcast yet, so now we've mentioned her. <laughs> oh, I, well, then I'll get back to her because she'll be hanging out for our fucking reply. <laughs> Following on from your uh, engagement story, there mm. have you ever been patronised by a celebrity in the same way oh, as that? Patronised by a celebrity in the same way as you've proposed to somebody and they went, eh, "I'll think about it." She there's didn't one... say fucking no, though. It's just that's uh, true. she said, didn't say no. So that's what I mean. There's again, there's someone that I will I will not mention him. Um, he's an actor and he was horrible to me on a job. What does his name rhyme with? <laughs> I'm not even going to say. Wait, wait till I'm like a like a bigger star. Right. I will sit on this one, and then yeah, we'll no, <laughs> honestly, I will. I will name and shame this cunt. Once you have when the when I'm like bigger, yeah, Scottish when I'm though. bigger than him. I'll tell you after the record. But oh. he's the most horrible person I've ever met, like on a job, and um, and he stayed in my mind so much so that when I met my because I've I've recently moved agency, and it's like a bit of a name drop. But the agent I've got now is like she represents um, Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones and like nice. some like really big big actors, which is cool. Um, but when I met them, I dropped this guy's name because we were just talking about how horrible the industry can be and how as much as there's lovely people, there's like real arseholes. And I mentioned this guy that I'd met with on a job who was horrible to me. And for a minute, I thought, oh, God, I hope I've not like ruined my chances by mm-hmm. sort of being negative. And they were like, oh, we've heard about him. Yeah, apparently he's like horrible. Sure. And I was just like, and it just shows you that like for anyone listening who has ever felt bullied on a job or on any kind of job or ever felt victimised or if someone's been mean to you, 
they're not just mean to you. That's not a singular event. They're like that to a lot of people. That's their personality. That's their personality. So never ever feel like, oh my God, it's me or they just don't like me or, you know, it's never that. If someone can be that horrible to you, that is just them. And if they're being mean to you, it doesn't matter what you've done. If you've just tried to be a nice person and they're a cunt to you, yeah. you're a cunt. Like- I, I, I put my hand out to, you know, as you, you know, when you meet someone for the first time to shake his hand and he looked at my hand like I just rubbed oh, Jobby on it <laughs> for, like, for like 10 seconds. And you know when like time slows down and, you know, my hand's out and he just looked at it for about 10 seconds and then... And then put his hand out and That's as if bullshit, like you, as if as if you what you think you can shake my hand, and I I just thought oh my god because I was I was only a day player that's what they call like an actor when you're only on like a shoot for a day or two, and he was like a regular. So he just expects that you guys are nothing. You know, well, yeah, he just he treated me like 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 dirt. But once I'm bigger, I will I will one hundred percent name and shame that cunt. And I murder fucking, him, maybe. I I love that chat. Once I'm bigger, because it's just it shows real ambition oh, and belief you. in yourself. And yeah. I, I'm all, I'm all about that, that because yeah. you you know you what you project is yes, what potentially 100%. should happen yeah. in your life. And you you've been grafting for years. Yeah, you know you've been out there. Yeah. Really, really well. I'm 31 now, you know, I'm not like 20. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. But it seems like right now, if anyone's watching your career, you're a comedian, you're an actress, you know, you do performance as well. Yeah. But you just need to look at the fact that you've been in a feature film recently, Mm -hmm. Beats. You know, you've won a Herald Scotland Award, which is huge. You get tweeted. (laughs) Now the booze is kicking in and I'm getting compliments. (laughs) (laughs) Can we ask about the award ceremony? Because award ceremonies look really boring. So they are actually, they are, yeah, and, and yeah. Don't, no disrespect to anyone who runs them, and you know, so much work goes in and money and all that, but they are quite boring. But for that one, um, because I was nominated, it was just like anxiety because I'm sure you know, if you know, you're and mine was not till number 11, and there was like 14 categories. And so, you know, when you're like, it's like the end of the and you've already had your dinner, so you've had three courses, you've had a couple of glasses of wine. Number 11 feels like you know, when everyone people are going up and they're like putting out their scroll, you know, mm-hmm. to accept, and you're like, fucking hell, <laughs> and um. Like, I can only describe it as, um, because people said, oh, were you happy when you won? And I was like, genuinely, no. And what was it about? It was for the one to watch. Nice. Um, And I I, uh, I say, I didn't feel joy. I felt relief. Because Mm. I'd built, you know, when you build someone up so much that if I hadn't been called at that point, because so many people said, oh, I think you're going to win this one. Because I've been nominated for a few things now and I've never won. Yeah. So you get to the point where you feel like Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) 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 And you're just like, am I ever going to win, man? And um, so that night, a lot of people said, I think this is your, you know, this is your night. And, you know, and I've got a lovely dress made for me, my hair and makeup done. And I I felt like I went there looking like a star. So, you know, that way, like if you, if you don't win, you feel a bit fucking like a ready, like, Mm -hmm. um, and so when they they called it my name, like, honestly, it was like relief more than joy. Like, honestly, that's, that's my true reaction to it. And, and I, I went I up did a bit of Twitter stalking. You took your mum, didn't you? I took my mum. That must have been an amazing mom. experience. You know, you'll make me cry, man. A few vodkas and that. No, um, no scrambled eggs on the table. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like fine. My psycho mum. James has forgot to record this, so you can just. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just you next week? You want me to I'm recording this on three guy. machines. <laughs> um, no, um, yeah, my mum, and she's always. What's lovely about my mum and dad? Because I'm sure if anyone who's listening to this who is an aspiring, uh, you know, actress or comedian. Like, I'm from a working class family, so the odds are already against you in terms of success because, you know, money's tight and all that. But um, my mum and dad always believed in me. Even when I when I moved to London, I was like 20 when I moved to London. And for years, I really struggled. I got a few, like, wee parts, like, bit parts and adverts and stuff. And I didn't go to drama school till I was, t- till I was 25. But I feel like um, 
you know, my mum and dad, no matter what, like, because a lot of parents can be really arsy with their kids when, like, they, they can't see the, the like, the, the progress and the yeah. success. And my parents, I don't know what it is about them, but they were just like, oh, no, you're, you're going to do it. And they just always, you know. Yeah, that. Which is it's very rare. Man. Yeah, that's, it's very, that's... so to have my mum there and for them to say, because just before, like, my mum had all day had been like, you're going to win, it's fine. And then because I was starting to freak out before, like, like you know, category eight, nine and ten, and then, you know, my mum was like, I was like, do you think I'm going to win? <laughs> my mum was like, I fucking hope so. <laughs> because, like, we'd both built up so much and we booked a suite at the witchery by the castle and all that because I was like, you know what, I don't, I'd just been paid for a job I'd done and I was like, I never have money. Like, why not? And I was like, if Treat I can... yourselves. And, but the thing is, we hadn't know I was going to win at that point. So can you imagine going back to the witchery, like the fancy hotel in Edinburgh? Like, <laughs> awardless, like, <laughs> like night, mum. But, you know, I just thought, fuck it. I never have money. I never get to treat myself. I never get to splash out, treat my mum. And then going back in that taxi with the award back to the witchery, I was like, that's it. Uh, did your mum have the award or did you keep it? You know, it's funny you say that because my boyfriend was like, before it, he was like, if you win, you should definitely give it to your parents. Like, it's like a look, like you can, you've done it kind of thing. But then my, my boyfriend saw the award and how cool it was and he was like, nah, we're it. <laughs> <laughs> stays in our bookshelf. Yeah, <laughs> when, so. uh, when I first told my mum that I was going to try stand-up, she told me that I wasn't funny. So she told, so yeah, there's a contrast. She doesn't listen to this podcast either. So <laughs> well, well, your mum commented on a video and saying that's very good. Well done. Did, uh, yeah. maybe, maybe you can make your mum some scrambled eggs tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come on her though. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, it's not honour. It's just around her. Bloody hell! I was just going to ask you about that because you're yeah. in an industry that is fucking remarkably hard to crack. Like mm. my brother's in a similar kind of industry, yeah. and he's grafted for years. And now he's get to a place where he's working, and it, it seems like one of those things that you work, you work, you build up the contacts. You're not a dick, and then it, you know it works. So if you yeah. want to give, I don't know, someone advice who's young wanting to do the same thing as you're doing, yeah. what would your advice be? Like one piece of like, you're like, fuck, I wish someone told yeah. me that. Just a good piece yeah, of fucking... Honestly, that's an amazing question. Yeah, sure, at least I Honestly, I would say that like, like obviously if in terms of like percentage wise, only 1% of people um, like make it straight away. Yeah. Like only 1% of people come out of drama school and their first job is a series regular on Game of Thrones. Like what happened to Amelia Clark and um, Kit Harrington? You know, people who literally their first job is like a life-changing job or, you know, like they've, they've only been out for, up for a day or, or maybe haven't even been to drama school and just like make it straight away. Like you hear about actors who their first edition they got and then they just became a movie star and that is the 1%. Yeah. So what I would, and, and no one really told me that. So when I saw that happening, yeah, you'd feel like a failure because you'd be like, well, they got, you know, they came out of drama school in their first job, you know, and you feel like a failure, but that's like literally, like, come on, in terms of percentage wise, that's 1%. So you just have to, my advice for anyone who like really, really wants to do some sort of performance work, it's not it's not always about your talent. Like it's about your look. So 100 girls will go for the same part and they want a brunette. And you're like, well, I'll, I'll dye my hair brown. And they're like, oh no, but we want a brunette anyway. And it's it's going against you in so many ways that you can't control. Yeah. So my advice would be like, it's like what I said about depression, like keep hanging on. You've got to be like a fucking cockroach, man. In this world, this industry, you've got to hang on for dear life. No matter what is thrown at you. Because be, there will be the thing is they might be looking for, you know, someone that's 6'1 with muscles and they're funny. And you yeah. might be funny and you might have muscles or you might be smaller than yeah, that, yeah, but they're yeah. like, someone might come along so specific. and it, it just catches what the yeah, producer or what the casting people thought of. And it's so subjective, of. yeah. So they had an idea yeah. of what they wanted yeah. and all of a sudden that matched up enough and they went, yeah. 
we've got it. But and it you've got no control over that. Sorry, I'm just pouring more vodka. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> I'm on the buck fast. I'm about to finish it. I'm like... <laughs> One of the one of the things that struck me when you were saying that there, and one percent of people achieve success straight away, but the ninety nine percent of the other population in the acting world, they have to have the passion, don't they? Oh, yeah, you know, 100%. you're talking about your yeah. in your thirties now. You've been at this for over a decade, but the passion is what's kept you going. You really want this, yeah, I really want. You this. know, and I think that's if you're talking to anyone that's trying to get in this industry. You know, do a bit of self-analysis and go, do I really, yeah. really, really want yeah. this? Because it can be a slog at yeah. times. Or it can be fucking dark times, I'd yeah. imagine. And then it can be really high times. And yeah. then the following couple of days, you're like, <laughs> I was I was up here on Sunday know, and now on Wednesday, I'm, I'm you know, doing nothing. <laughs> I heard a great story about that. You know, Jack Black, obviously a huge comedy actor, but he went to Cannes, uh, like obviously years and years ago, and it was one of his first sort of films. And I can't, honestly, I can't remember who he was. You'd have to look it up on IMDb, but it was like two, he was like one of the secondary parts and it was two huge movie stars. And he wasn't even invited to Cannes to, to see the film on. Um, so he had to like pay his own airfare and his own hotel and all that. But he ended up getting stoned with a couple like like the main guys. I think it was Clint Eastwood or something, but I might just be talking shit. Mm-hmm. And they, they sat and smoked a joint and he was like looking out this beautiful view in Cannes at a film festival for a film he was in. Yeah, And he's obviously, I don't know, early 20s and he was like, I've made it. Like, that's it. And then, he, and then he was like, didn't work for two years after that. And I just thought, someone told me that story and I was like, that's so real. Because I've had moments like that. Like last year, I was at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York and I was in like, it's like Robert De Niro's film festival and I was on the red carpet and a dress that had made for me all these photos, Rachel, Rachel Jackson, like, and you, you're like, oh, that's it now. I've made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you go home and you can't afford toilet roll and you fucking <laughs> like getting your fucking rent, people phoning you up and, and it's like, oh my God, like this is a slog. But if you love it, you have to love it. Like I've, even people from my drama school, like we only graduated four years ago and so many of them have quit already. And I they're g- a lot younger than me. And you're like, how have you already like quit? I guess it's a bit about the hustle as well. Eh? Oh, like, yeah. it'd be, what would you say? And I'm making this up. I'm a bit tipsy now. I'm talking shit. But are we like, what, 30% talent, 70% like not fucking giving up and yeah. not getting out of people's faces and once someone gives you an email politely <laughs> yeah. you fucking hound them every three months like hey you yeah. going just so you know I'm doing this and uh, yeah honestly it's them hard what's happened feed them on and you joke but I actually got blocked on WhatsApp from a casting director <laughs> once I will name and shame that cunt no he um <laughs> Basically, I'd, I'd been trying to get seen for this project. It was quite a big, it was like an Amazon show and I wasn't getting replies to emails and all that. And I went on his LinkedIn page and he was like, you know, on LinkedIn, like he was a contact and I scrolled down and his mobile number was on LinkedIn. So yeah. I just thought, well, well, he's put it out there. I've got you, cunt. You know? Exactly. <laughs> I'm drunk. I've just you drank know? my fifth pint of water. Set <laughs> <laughs> the alarm. And you know that way you're like, at the end of the day, mate, you've put it out there. And this isn't Facebook. This is a professional network, right? That's what LinkedIn's advertised as. So if you've put your mobile number there, you're you're going to expect calls. So I sent him a WhatsApp going like, like from the offset, obviously I do comedy, so I try to be funny. I was like, from the offset, I know this is super unprofessional, but I think I'd be really good for this part. Here's my CV. Here's my agent, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear anything, but I saw the two blue ticks, right? Ooh. So I'm like, right, he's read it. He knows who I am. Ten minutes later, my agent at the time phoned me up. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, um, yeah, so <laughs> you can't do that. You can't. Like, <laughs> you can't you fucking do it for me, agent. <laughs> well, that's why I fired them. You know what I mean? Like you kind of, I don't know, every actor goes through a different, a few different agents in their lifetime. But um, 
Well, yeah, like if you feel like you've got really good representation, you don't feel the need to get that desperate and fucking WhatsApp a casting director. But, um, <laughs> and then it, what's funny at the end of the phone call, even though he was explaining to me how wrong this was and how I shouldn't be WhatsApping casting directors, at the end of the phone call I went, so have I got an audition? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, yeah, no, you don't. This guy doesn't want anything to do with you. But that's the difference nowadays, isn't it? LinkedIn exists and the ability to see everyone that's went to an audition. Yeah with you the ability to immediately see that they've got a part of that's like in production on imdb so it's like the hustle inside your mind and every other person's mind is real to the point where you're pushing for your own jobs even though you've got an agent you're like fuck man no no no, i can see what's out there you're not telling me what's out there i I can see it now because i'm fucking in that bubble it must be mental it must fuck your head like on a daily basis but you know what you were saying earlier which i thought was interesting about like if you were to give one piece of advice to sort of aspiring people and all that I know, like, never give up sounds so, um, I don't know, contrived or forced or whatever, but, like, people who are seeing me now who I went to youth theatre with or to school with or to drama school with, I think are quite surprised by, like, what's going on. Yeah. Because they're sort of, like, um, because I used to be a pure, like, I used to love weed, like, in my teenage, like, early 20s. I was a fucking stoner and a half. (laughs) So were we. You know, that way. And I I just loved it so much. But I had this, like, fucking blinding ambition so I think like when people now, because I, I get people going, oh my God, like you're doing quite well. And and I'm sort of like, you're acting surprised. But even all that fucking haze mm-hmm. and all that bullshit that I was obviously exper- like experimenting with, like I had blind ambition that could rival like Anyone's. anyone. Like I was so, no matter what, like my, my end goal was so clear. So when people are like meet me now and they're a bit surprised at what I'm doing and that, I'm like, why, why were you? My yeah. personality was like, you want it. Boom. I think I that's it. Want it. I remember sitting then when I was 18 or 17 yeah. and, and I didn't achieve this goal, but I remember just lecturing three other guys in fucking the loft of a house in Ballonock in Glasgow saying, listen, we've got the talent, we've got the capability, we've got the best MCs, we've got the best lyricists, yeah. you know, we're going to fucking make it as rappers in the UK. We're going to be the first Scottish hip hop band to break through. And I went for 45 minutes on this lecture. <laughs> And I'm sure that they were looking at me going, this cunt needs to fucking shut up. But I was so adamant <laughs> yeah, that I defied in my belly that we were going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. That's, we forgot. And that was no, two weeks true. ago it's on the true. podcast, actually. True, I'm like, man. mate, we're not yeah. even rappers. He's like, we're the best. We are the best. Gotta be, you gotta be your, I say that. You've got to be like, you know, like Lady Gaga, like champion self-love and all that. And I 100% get on board with that. If you're not your own fan, who you know, who's going to be... So for anyone listening, fucking go for it, man. And have a bit of acceptance as well when it's not going right. Before we wrap up and I press save on this really good podcast, <laughs> um, I mentioned earlier, you you know, you won the award. Beats came out not that long ago. It looks like one of the best Scottish films that um, I've only seen the trailer, but yeah. it's one that I wanted to jump to the theatres and see and I didn't yeah. get a chance to. So I'm waiting for it to be released. Mm. You're doing a new BBC comedy show with uh, two creators of probably two of the best BBC shows in the past decade, Burniston and Scott Squad. Scott Squad, yeah. that's it. And you're recording that now, so there's a lot yeah. fucking going on. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. I don't even know what to say. Like, um, it's good to be busy, but I think people forget, like, obviously when you write out your bio and you write out your CV, it can IMDb and all that kind of stuff, it can look like you're super busy, but when you're freelance, filming can only, you know, it can take six weeks, it can take one week, it can take whatever... So even though I've got a lot going on, there's still a lot of downtime, hence the forensic files. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, like, that's what I would just say to anyone, like, it might look like someone's doing pure loads. And I'm not complaining. I, I know I'm, I'm doing quite well, but it's not like every day. It's that thing of like, you've got to try and keep yourself happy in other ways, because if you rely too much on your work, you can just feel like fucking shit. 
So, um, yeah, like even though I am doing doing good stuff and all that, like there is still a lot of downtime. It's just the thing about being freelance. Well, so, you listen, know. if anyone is listening and wants to book Rachel to, you know, come on their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty drunk, but hey, that's drunk podcast, baby. <laughs> or even just book for a gig or that, you Yeah, know? please, give me a call, man. I haven't actually had a stand-up gig this month, which is very rare for me, but July is hard to get stand-up gigs because everyone's doing fringe previews. Yeah. So every comedy club in the country aren't booking normal comedy nights, it's fringe previews. And because I did quite a late fringe run, I haven't been doing previews. So it's been really hard to get gigs this month, but normally I, I gig a lot. So this month, I think I've just felt a bit like, because I've not been able to gig, and that's, I, I love gigging so much. If they need a support act. <clears throat> um, you thinking about getting back into it? Come on, that. man. Ah, Danny, yeah. you're not funny. Your mum yeah. called me. <laughs> no, it's, it's me. I'm giving all these inspirational speeches, and now he's like, ah, I want to do stand-up. Right. I'm this just going to go and heckle you out. He's like, this is better than Stuart Lee's advice, man. Slotty <laughs> <laughs> um, Little Goldfish is the name of my first right? show. Wait tell a minute us, here. Tell us then. Where is it? When right, is so it? So it's called um, Slightly Local Fish. It? <laughs> it's free. It's free friends. So obviously at the end of the show, I'll, I'll very much be handing a bucket round and please do leave money if you can. Uh, but it's 7.30pm. It's Sneaky Pete's, which is on Cowgate. It's a really cool venue. It's on um, 18th to the 24th of August. And honestly, it's like I think there's 60 seats, so... Get there early because now that Dwayne Johnson's on board, man, yeah. you need to he's going to be there. Early. He takes up at least five <laughs> seats. <laughs> We've, uh, I've booked two tickets for Daniel Kitson on the 18th, and I've still got a spare. So, well, what type? Wait, how's done? that relevant to my show? Yeah, well, right, just right, saying, a different comic. I, was, I, was, I, was I think the, he's on about five o'clock. Well, so then I'm you've got to come okay, on go, the first. All right, sorry, sorry, I jumped in. I was like, you scrambled egg already. I was ready to. I've got a wedding on the 17th, and I'm going to be really hungover. But what we will do is, well, I'm on for a whole week, so there's no excuse why you guys can't come. We will. I've come on the 25th it's not on on the 25th minute <laughs> <laughs> it's on for a week 18th to the 24th that's seven nights is that a Friday <laughs> we'll come on the 25th aye good luck mate sneaky Pete's like shutting the doors like drunk goldfish everywhere <laughs> no I'm friends with her I promise we've done a podcast uh, wait wait wait, 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 wait I saved the podcast I'm just about to delete this one I'm like I'm not even getting paid for this man you're not coming to my show um, nah we'll, we'll make sure that we uh, get a f- <laughs> get a few people to come through we might need to take no, a day off work please do please come along man and, 18th um, to the 24th <laughs> and we'll make sure that we get some coins as well for the yeah please do notes. that's Not. my favourite bit because a lot of comedians can be really um, oh yeah you don't have to leave money you know just whatever whereas I'm like fucking yeah, pay me <laughs> like, money with, yeah without like because th- you think if there's 60 people in the audience if everyone leaves a pound that's 60 quid. If everyone leaves two pounds, that's 120. You know, when you add it up like that, you can make really good money Aye. from the fringe. So I've never... Just like, Americans, that's it. You really oh want to God, hustle yeah, off of. yeah. They give you like tenors and shit. It's brilliant. I've only done one fringe and I went to a few free shows and I wasn't really entirely sure what you pay. So as a fiver suite, like for those free shows, if I gave you a fiver, is that all good? Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. But that's what Chain's going to give you. <laughs> yeah, well, now that you've said it. Yeah, honestly, like, like I'm not... Because obviously a lot of people don't have money and you, or maybe you've forgotten money. That's Some people have card readers, but... My boyfriend was like, that's a bit much, having a card reader. Nah, I think that's a genius idea, nah, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in two yeah. minds about it. I think that it's good in terms of if someone's like, I'm sorry, I don't have any money. You're like, well, I've got a card reader. So it's quite yeah. good to kind of like sort of ah, trick people you, a bit. You, dead you, you can't be the one that's doing it. But then, you need someone next to you going, oh, we've got, I've not got yeah, any money. Oh, listen, Danny's next to me. He's my protege. He's doing the stand-up comedy support for my next show. And he's got a card <laughs> reader. So It kind of goes away of the ethos of the free fringe. Like, Homeless people should be able to come to the Free Fringe. Like anyone who can get in the room should be able to come. And that's the ethos of the Free Fringe. Right. So like if you don't have the money, absolutely no pressure. But a lot of these people who've been fucking drinking pints all day, have had a nice meal, nice steak, 
Fucking leave a fiver uh, or a tenner. Yeah. Shane. Shane. What about a sandwich? <laughs> no, I will not accept food. There was one guy who, it was it was my first ever fringe. I was doing uh, Memoirs of a Bunny Boiler and this guy left 15 pence. And like, fair enough if you just put it in the bucket and you just didn't make a big nothing. deal out of it. That's fine, right? Like, say if you just, like, you literally check your pockets and that's all you've got, that's fine. But this guy was really drunk and he made a point of putting in the five and then another five and another five without breaking eye contact. Basically saying, I think you're worth 15 pence. What a cog. And he was like, sorry. That's all I've got. And I was just like, I'm going to make you some fried egg in the morning, you fucking (laughs) (laughs) cunt. Yeah, so. Rachel, it's been amazing to have you again for the second week. You've got an open invitation to come (laughs) to this podcast whenever you've got sick of forensic files. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever James has forgot to say. We're here every Thursday night. I've got six series to go, so it'll be a while, man, but I'll, I'll come back. (laughs) <laughs> nice one I uh, really appreciate it thank you very much and go see our show we're going to go and see it we'll probably post up when we're going to go and if anyone wants to come through with us uh, it's probably going to be the Friday maybe <laughs> the 25th, we can take it off and you said it's uh, 4 o'clock isn't it 7.30pm 7, 7, <laughs> 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 7.30pm 7.30pm 4 o'clock on the 25th that's no. when we're going to be there no. so we'll all be getting the 4 o'clock train bloody hell two second memory like a goldfish man <laughs> a slightly little goldfish <laughs> that was drunk therapy if you enjoyed this podcast go listen to some of the other ones the old you would have if you're on socials like us there as well twitter facebook and Instagram at Drunk Therapy. It's something weird on Twitter, which I can't remember right now.